you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to this week's show. All right, Thanksgiving is upon us. It's here, it's happening, and it can be stressful. (laughs) It can be stressful. I remember. I remember. And so what I really want to do in this episode is sort of like what I did with Halloween. I want to just give you guys some fish dinners, right? That's what I say all the time in my private mastermind is the difference with mastermind parenting is we don't just tell you what to do. We teach you how to think differently. And by teaching you how to master your mind and think differently about things, then we're teaching you to fish because there's like some old proverb. If you feed a person a fish, you feed them a meal. And if you teach them to fish, you feed them for life. And by teaching you how to think differently, we teach you to fish. And sometimes we just want the fish dinners. It's really helpful. And so I have been sort of making a concerted effort to serve up more fish dinners. And this week's episode will be all about those fish dinners for your holiday sort of survival plan. Okay. So Thanksgiving's here. It's coming. I'm sure you're getting together with extended family. And what usually happens, especially if you have a strong-willed child, really any child, especially, but the strong-willed ones are just like (laughs) more obvious which is kids don't like sitting around a table and eating. Like that's not their favorite thing. It's just like little kids going to restaurants. And I know you might be the rare person that's like, my kids love restaurants. And I kind of call bullshit on that. Maybe, maybe, but are you also letting them sit on their device and have unlimited screen time so you can have a meal? Because maybe that's why they love restaurants. And no, no judgment on that. No judgment on that. If you love going out for a meal and to get some good quality time with your co-parent or other adults in your life and you just love a restaurant and to keep the kids quiet and so that you can do that, you're, you're like, guess what? Unlimited device time so mama can enjoy her meal, then more power to you. And with that being said, Little kids, you know, for adults, having a meal quite often is what we do to socialize. Like I remember 
being in that stage where we had little kids and we would hire a babysitter and we'd go out with another couple and we'd go out Saturday night and, and have a, you know, have dinner out. And that was kind of like the activity. And so for many of us, or remember back in your single days where maybe you were a bruncher, whenever we go out like on a Sunday for something special and I like see the brunchers, the brunching crew, and I'm like, that's just like your whole day. Like you go out, you eat, you drink, and then you go home and take a nap. And that might sound heavenly and lovely and like a thing from the past that is not in your life anymore. But I understand that for many people, eating a meal is the way you socialize and it's what you, it's the activity that you love to do. Right. And, um, can you tell it's not really the activity I love to do, but that's a different topic. Uh, and I understand that's what, and it might even be something that you haven't even thought about. That's just what people do. Like, oh, we need to get together. Well, look at your calendar and it might just be like, well, what Saturday night are you free? And it's just, okay, I'll make a reservation. It's just, it's like, it's almost like, like social protocol. And if we're looking at our kids' perspectives, they don't like doing that. It doesn't mean that we let them off the hook. We still may drag them along sometimes. And when it comes to a holiday, it's one of those times that we're going to drag them along. But I just want you to have realistic expectations and understand that this is not what most kids would choose to do. And I understand that you're, you know, it's part of the deal, right? We go, we sit around the Thanksgiving table, we eat. So that just even understanding that is going to change the way you think about it a little bit. Okay. And, and therefore you could set yourself up for success. So you're going, let's say to your in-laws or your husband's aunt's house, and there's going to be all of these relatives and they're, they want to comment on your kids and they're judging, whether even if they're judging in a positive, oh, she's so cute. She's so well-behaved. She's so this, she said that, like, look at you with your little show pony. And you might, you know, kind of beam with pride. I mean, I loved when my, when people were adoring my children or telling me how cute they are. That's, we, we get that. It feels good. It's nice. Uh, and we also want to be onto ourselves that we're not too attached to what they think. Cause if we're too attached to the compliments, We'll also be super attached to when our kids aren't so well behaved. Okay. And that's going to cause us to kind of get panicky. And what do we know when we get panicky or anyone gets panicky, right? Like if your kid is acting out and all of a sudden not so well behaved, calm people solve problems. And when you start to get panicky, you're not in your thinking brain anymore. You're now in your limbic system, in your emotional brain, and you're going to get real emotional before you know it. You're like grabbing onto them. You're like, what is the matter with you? What is going on? I don't understand. That is not okay. That is unacceptable behavior. Blah, 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 blah. And you know what that reactive way of handling things is going to do? It's just going to make your kid misbehave more or start crying and then have a meltdown. And it's just, no fun. It's just no fun. So I want you to think of sitting around a holiday table, going to the holiday things. If you have kids, especially little kids, 
Oh, and let me just say this one thing. If you're like, well, they have to learn these things. They have to learn how to behave. Like settle down. Of course they do. And they will. And you know how they learn these things? By you being that kind of pack leader who makes it a positive experience. So we want to set your expectations realistically. The kids don't want to be there. Maybe they want to be running around with their cousins or having some fun, but they don't want to be sitting at the table. So let's just be realistic about it and let's set everyone up for success. So one of the things I loved to do when my kids were little and we were going to the extended families' houses for the holidays is I didn't, you know, like I didn't really want to be there so much. You know, it wasn't, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't like something I was looking forward to. So I used it as what I call a pet time, present engaged time with my kids. And I remember there's this one house in my, this aunt of my husband who my kids still talk about her house. And she lived like on this, we live in Houston. She lived on this bayou, on Buffalo Bayou. And she had this super cool backyard that they called the forest. And they're like, oh, remember the aunt with the house with the forest? And they loved going over there because they loved exploring in the forest. And so my, you know, it would take my kids maybe a minute or two or, or 60 to warm up. So we'd get over to the house with the forest. I didn't really want to be hanging out with and, and making chit chat conversation. Frankly, small talk exhausts me, even though I am a total extrovert, I'm like a picky extrovert and I don't want to have small talk. So I'd had enough small talk with these people over the years that I knew that it was not going to be something that energized me. So I just decided to make at least the first hour of being there present engaged time with my kids where I was just focused on them. So we'd get over there and I'd be like, you want to go explore the forest? Should we go check it out? And I would just go and like hold their hands and explore with them. No relative is ever going to judge or say anything about you for spending too much time with your children, your child, your children. If they see happy children delighting in the landscape, you know, mom and child laughing, enjoying each other, no one ever is judging that in a negative way. So there's, there you go. So your kids get, they want to be with you anyway. You're allowing them to warm up in the way that they need to warm up. And you're just kind of focused on them. You're making sure they're comfortable. You're, you're checking it out, seeing what there is to do, seeing what might interest them. If you're somewhere where you don't have a relative with a cool forest to explore and you know your kids are going to be bored and you're not sure there's going to be anything for them to do and maybe there's not kids their age that they want to play with or kids their age that they you know necessarily are interested in, be prepared and bring a bag with a few things for them to do. Go to the dollar store, pick up a couple of things for them and for the other kids just in case. So you bring that bag in. It's like a restaurant bag, right? Whenever I went to restaurants, like I had the restaurant bag and they were things that only got played with at the restaurant or, you know, activities and mazes and different things. And it was just like something that lived in my car. It's a great hat that you can use not just at the holidays, but anytime. So, so 
So bring over a little bag with some activities just so you can be sure. Get them set up. Make sure they're happy. Sit with them for a little bit. Give them your full attention. It also lets you off the hook of making a small talk with the rando relatives. Hey, podcast listeners, I want to invite you to our weekend warm-up coaching call. We are doing a two-part series in November and December, which is how to prevent holiday hiccups and more. So if you're worried about judgy relatives uh, that your kids might embarrass you in some way, uh, raising grateful rather than entitled kids, raising kids that actually want to help you make that dish or or prepare to host that meal, raising kids that are not just all about the presents and what's your plan for after the presents. Like that's usually when a lot, a lot of times the shit show sort of ensues. I want to help you with your plan for that, just like I did for Halloween. Um, tips for surviving the long days of holiday breaks. So we're going to do a two part workshop series where I'm going to coach you guys. I'm going to do some teaching. I'm going to share my favorite tips. And so part one is on November 18th at 2 p.m. Central. Part two is on December 16th at 2 p.m. Central. And you can sign up. It is totally free. It is for my podcast listeners so I can get to know you guys. Uh, Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash weekend. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash weekend. So present engaged time, use that holiday table that you don't really want to be at as present engaged time. Now, let's say you're hosting the holiday and everyone's coming to you and you're worried about your kid's behavior. That's when you are going to talk about it ahead of time and and let them be involved. They're going to help set the table. You're going to, they're going to make some decorations, like let them take some ownership, make sure they're sitting, you know, you've got a kid next to you and your, your spouse has a kid next to them and, and, and include them, have a, a ritual or an activity that, you know, you can, you can talk about, you know, have a little conversation starter. Um, let, if you have kids that are performers, let them perform a little Thanksgiving skit. Just bring some pack leadership and a plan. Don't just wait for things to go sideways and then be in your emotional brain and think that you're going to be able to solve the problem because you're not. Be that calm person that solves problems ahead of time. So then there are no problems. Okay. So using the holiday time as connecting pet time with your children, and you're going to feel so good about it. You're going to be like, and, and, and look, and of course you're going to hear, gosh, your kids are so well-behaved. Oh my gosh, y'all are so cute together. Blah, 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 blah. And you're human. That's going to feel good. And so just allow it to feel good and don't have too much attachment to it. Just know like I did it. I created a positive memory for my kids by being the kind of pack leader that prioritized pet time during the holidays with the kids. And that's how you raise kids that look forward to the holidays, look forward to that ritual, right? So let's make this year different. The other tool that I want to teach you 
is a tool that, oh, I want to pull this up. A tool that I just had my team member pull up this challenge that we did last holiday season. And it's called the, but of course they did tool. And we had the most fun challenge that we did um, over the holidays last year in my mastermind where we had a challenge and we voted on the best story, the best, but of course they did story. So let me teach you guys this tool because it's a way to gamify annoying or judgy relatives. Okay. So here's the thing. You're not going to change anyone. People are who they are, right? You're not going to like, they are, they show up. So like mom's going to mom and sister's going to sister and aunt's going to aunt and dad's going to dad and all the things, right? And and who they've always been is who they're going to be. And they're going to say that annoying thing or they're going to do that annoying thing. But you're prepared for it this time. You're not just waiting like on high alert for when they do that annoying thing and then you're like gritting your teeth. You're almost looking forward to the annoying thing because you're going to gamify it and then have um, you're going to have good content to talk about with your sister or your spouse. Like this can be really fun to do with a sibling, um, but you can also do it with your spouse and it's super bonding and connecting uh, where we're going to use what Brene Brown calls common enemy intimacy to our advantage, but not in a nasty negative way. We're just going to sort of accept people for who they are and have some fun with it. So the, but of course they did is just like ridiculousness that happens. But of course, mom said that thing. But of course, you know, dad burped at the table or (laughs) whatever disgusting thing, you know, and you're just sort of preparing for it. And you're almost having to conceal your laughter. When we can bring a little levity to these situations where it doesn't have to be so freaking serious and we can have a little fun with it, there actually is some science in terms of like balancing your own nervous system by just adding some humor, right? By just adding some humor. And instead of dreading that comment, you're almost sort of looking forward to that comment because you're like, in your mind, you're saying, I've got some content. So I want to read some of the uh, stories that my masterminder shared. Um, Okay. So here was a mom. She said, um, I used the book, but of course she did tool the other night when, when I was very triggered by my mom's behavior, um, after a belated Hanukkah party, she says, but of course she came 45 minutes late and then complained that we had to leave to care for our dog before she had her fill of us on her terms, of course. Oh, and of course she did this after she had already left town for 10 days, prioritizing my sister in another city and hawking me for late Hanukkah plans after Hanukkah was already over. And now we have to celebrate Hanukkah as if eight days wasn't enough. Now we have to celebrate it again with her. Um, And of course, she was demanding of her prized, you know, wanting, she was like, make sure you get the everything bagels that I love. Of course she did. (laughs) She, she wanted that prized everything bagel at the Hanukkah party. And of course she didn't lift a finger to host. Um, 
She says, this is just a primo example of mom momming because of course she does everything the way she does anything. She has a lot in common with her precious everything bagel that was prepared and baked by others. She wants it all without requiring any actual effort from herself. She just shows up and expects everyone to enjoy her on her terms. Um, but some of us prefer simple sesame. <laughs> it's always consistent. Some of us just prefer a simple sesame bagel. It's always consistent and delicious. Um, so it's a funny way of kind of gamifying annoying behavior by bringing a little humor. Um, okay, here's a, this one sort of, this was the winner. Okay. This is such a good one. One mom said during an evening fire pit, my mother-in-law pushed on a, uh, pushed on a flaming log to stoke the fire and it fell out of the fire pit, which caused a bunch of hot ashes and coals to spill all over the patio. My sister-in-law screams, oh my God, mom, what are you doing? My mother-in-law casually, casually puts flaming log back onto the fire pit and someone points out that her shoes are on fire. I look over and I see that my mother-in-law is wearing my indoor slippers outside. She shrugs and lightly stomps to put out the embers. She then walks into our house wearing the slippers that have giant pieces of black and charcoal melted into the bottom of the slippers. Of course, she did not acknowledge nor apologize for wearing my indoor shoes outside, melting the bottoms, and then bringing charcoal melted shoes into the house onto the family room carpet. Of course, she wore my slippers outside without asking, and of course, she shrugged and blew it off when they melted and were ruined, and of course, she did not apologize nor offer to replace my awesome favorite slippers. Of course, she did. She was the winner. Um, so yeah, here, oh, um, so then here was another one. Um, okay. So mom says, so my parents downsized to a house in which my son, my husband and I share a room when we visit, they gave away the crib we bought for our daughter. So we had to take our son's bed out of the room for our daughter to use. My mom was very excited about him sleeping on the floor on a pallet. We're there for a full week and her son's now having to sleep on the floor. Um, I decided to order him an air mattress. He has asthma and a sinus infection, and that's a long time to sleep on a floor. So I bring on the, of course, she is texting me pictures of how hard she worked on making the pallet on the floor and using all caps to describe, to describe how great it is and sad face emojis. I said, that looks great. Use that same loving energy to jazz up that boring air mattress. See you tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay, so here's another one. Funny, not so funny. But of course, my mother-in-law took up permanent residence at my kitchen sink when staying with us and doesn't respond to, excuse me. But of course, my mother-in-law told my seven-year-old she's a bad, bad girl and shadow boxer and then ran to the little, our little, the little boy and told him he's the best because of cultural gender preference. And our seven-year-old was seriously sad. This happened three times after, uh, after my husband talked with her himself. And after the second time, we both did strongly, we did, we spoke with her strongly and we gave her a boundary. And after sh the third time, she firmly moved to a nearby hotel and demoted to only supervised visits. We demoted her to only supervised visits. So next time we won't wait for any strikes. So, she says, sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but it was the most memorable uh, part. So of course, of course, she had to get downsized to supervise visits and stay at a hotel. 
So the, but of course they did tool. I, I want you guys to use it this holiday season, find your best stories and gamify it a little bit, have some fun and see if that adds a little levity to your holiday season. That combined with using the holiday family tables as your pet time with your kids, I think that is really, really going to improve the holiday memories that you make with the people you love the most this year. So I hope that helps. Okay. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's mastermind underscore parenting. Um, And, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better. Because when they feel better, they do better. And um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.